Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 7 For Valor Part 2 Washing is rather fun. I wonder whether you've ever done it. This particular washing took place in the back kitchen, which had a stone floor and a very big stone sink under its window. Let's put the bath on the sink, said Phyllis. Then we can pretend we're out-of-doors washerwomen like Mother saw in France. But they were washing in the cold river, said Peter, his hands in his pockets, not in hot water. This is a hot river, then, said Phyllis. Lend a hand with the bath. There's a deer. I should like to see a deer lending a hand, said Peter, but he lent his. Now to rub and scrub and scrub and rub, said Phyllis, hopping joyously about as Bobby carefully carried the heavy kettle from the kitchen fire. Oh, no, said Bobby, greatly shocked. You don't rub muslin. You put the boiled soap in the hot water and make it all frothy lathery. And then you shake the muslin and squeeze it ever so gently and all the dirt comes out. It's only clumsy things like tablecloths and sheets that have got to be rubbed. The lilac and the Gloire de Dijon roses outside the window swayed in the soft breeze. It's a nice drying day, that's one thing, said Bobby, feeling very grown up. Oh, I do wonder what wonderful feelings we shall have when we wear the Indian muslin dresses. Yes, so do I, said Phyllis, shaking and squeezing the muslin in quite a professional manner. Now we squeeze out the soapy water. No, we mustn't twist them, and then rinse them. I'll hold them while you and Peter empty the bath and get clean water. A presentation, that means presents, said Peter, as his sisters, having duly washed the pegs and wiped the line, hung the dresses up to dry. Whatever will it be? It might be anything, said Phyllis, but what I've always wanted is a baby elephant, but I suppose they wouldn't know that. Suppose it was gold models of steam engines, said Bobby. Or a big model of the scene of the prevented accident, suggested Peter with a little model train and dolls dressed like us and the engine driver and firemen and passengers. Do you like, said Bobby doubtfully, drying her hands on the rough towel that hung on a roller at the back of the scullery door, do you like us being rewarded for saving a train? Yes, I do, said Peter downrightly. And don't you try to come it over us that you don't like it too, because I know you do. Yes, said Bobby doubtfully, I know I do. But oughtn't we to be satisfied with just having done it and not ask for anything more? Who did ask for anything more, silly, said her brother. Victoria Cross soldiers don't ask for it, but they're glad enough to get it all the same. Perhaps it'll be medals. Then, when I'm very old indeed, I shall show them to my grandchildren and say, we only did our duty, and they'll be awfully proud of me. You have to be married, warned Phyllis, or you don't have any grandchildren. I suppose I shall have to be married some day, said Peter. It will be an awful bother having her around all the time. I'd like to marry a lady who had trances and only woke up once or twice a year. Just to say you were the light of her life and then go to sleep again. Yes, that wouldn't be so bad, said Bobby. When I get married, said Phyllis, I shall want him to want me to be awake all the time so that I can hear him say how nice I am. I think it would be nice, said Bobby, to marry someone very poor and then you'd do all the work and he'd love you most frightfully and see the blue wood smoke curling up among the trees from the domestic hearth as he came home from work every night. I say, we've got to answer that letter and say that the time and place will be convenient to us. 
There's the soap, Peter. We're both as clean as clean. That pink box of writing paper you had on your birthday, Phil. It took some time to arrange what should be said. Mother had gone back to her writing, and several sheets of pink paper with scalloped gilt edges and green four-leaf shamrocks in the corner were spoiled before the three had decided what to say. Then each made a copy and signed it with his own name. The threefold letter ran, Dear Mr. Jabez Inglewood, Thank you very much. We did not want to be rewarded, but only to save the train. But we are glad you think so, and thank you very much. The time and place you say will be quite convenient to us. Thank you very much. Your effecate little friend. Then came the name, and after it, P.S. Thank you very much. Washing is much easier than ironing, said Bobby, taking the clean, dry dresses off the line. I do love to see things come clean. Oh, I don't know how we shall wait till it's time to know what presentation they're going to present. When at last, it seemed a very long time after, it was the day, the three children went down to the station at the proper time, and everything that happened was so odd that it seemed like a dream. The station master came out to meet them, in his best clothes, as Peter noticed at once, and led them into the waiting room where once they had played the advertisement game. It looked quite different now. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.